0: This is the Picard Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty.
1: I know what these changelings are capable of. We need to leave that to Starfleet. I am Starfleet. I need you to be thinking about us. I grew up listening to your adventures. All the times you and Picard stood up for what was right. It's a different time. No, it is you and I that are different. I'm not Alondra. I'm not an engineer like you. You built amazing things, but me, I just wanted to fly them. You took that as me rejecting you, but I always thought it brought us closer together. You would believe in this if you believed in me.
0: Welcome back, fellow Trekkies, Trekkers, and everything in between. This is TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty. I'm one of your hosts, Chris.
1: I am your other host, Derek. Ugh, yes. once again. Poor John. Hasn't We've lost him in a
0: transporter accident.
1: <laughs> he
0: is not here. He was due to tra- teleport in, transporter in, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, due to some um, tribbles in the machinery, uh, and it was an attack dribble as well. We He is not here for this episode.
1: Those things look dangerous. I'm glad... Uh, they don't it, they? I'm glad it's just transported him to somewhere um, away, so he'll just take a little longer to get back. That's all yes. that's really happened. Uh, no, unfortunately, he's been uh, caught with a little cold, uh, and as you can possibly hear, he's uh, in the process of transferring that cold over to me at the moment. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not as bad as he is, so at least I can be on the podcast, because this is... An episode we both really wanted to talk about. I think all three of us really wanted to talk about So uh, at least there's two of us here for this one, right, Chris?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to do a neener, neener moment. I think I was right. Uh, okay. Before we really get into it, off air. There's we're going sure. to
1: be spoilers from now on. So make oh, sure yes. you've watched episode six of, uh, of Picard season three. Yes. Mm -hmm. spoiler alert if you're (laughs) in episode
0: six with us. Okay, and you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to all the rest of it, then come back and also watch episode six. But I will take a quick Nina Nina moment before we get into it going, I was right. Uh I said a certain character would come back even though they have been deceased twice. Yep, They're no longer with us twice. They are Uh dead, deceased, no more. They (laughs) kicked the bucket. All the other Monty Python dead pirate references. Uh Uh-huh. I think they did go back. But yeah. Derek was like, Nah, no, yep. they're dead. There's not a chance to go maybe this other one, but not that person. Yep. And I'm like, Technically I'm right. <laughs>
1: And technically. technically, I'm also right, because exactly. that exact character hasn't come, to, come back. But what I didn't take account of when we had that discussion was Terry Mathis being the um, the showrunner for this season, being the main writer in this season, and his absolute willingness to give the fans every single thing that they want in this season doesn't really matter about the fact that we uh, we killed off Data in season one. Um, we'll bring him back in season three. Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah, No, it, it, <laughs> literally, Terry Mathis is doing... Gene Mod- Roddenberry's work.
1: Like, wow. Well, the, like, mm. the level of <laughs>
0: fan service. No, he, jokes aside, he yes. is just giving us what I want in, I must say, and I'm spoiler for mm-hmm. my views, in masterful ways. Yes. Not like, uh, we've seen shows do fan service and mm. nostalgia kind of, kind of fishing, essentially. It's like, oh, here's the thing you like, look over here. Come on, look at, and they use it to kind of duct tape over some kind of cracks in yep. the story. Yeah. I haven't seen any cracks yet. I've seen some kind of, meh, not the best way of doing it, but like still good. Mm-hmm. And they just giving us what we wanted in massive ways, very much saying, do you know what? This is your last next generation. Hurrah. Here's everything you want and you've asked for over the years. And so more. Just, yes. Oh yes. And very much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into it. Really? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to discuss, but first and foremost, don't forget to pop on over to our new Minted looking TVpodcastindustries dot com, and you can uh, essentially make sure you subscribe to each and every federation or than supporting podcast player of our. Little old podcast. You get all the shows there. We're still covering The Bad Batch. We just finished The Last of Us over with the HBO show. Mm-hmm. Some really good shows. So make sure you pop on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and subscribe to each and every single podcast that you like out of our feed. Mm-hmm. If you have feedback, don't forget. You can send those emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or head on over to... Our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries, where we usually have a spoiler post for each and every episode as it comes out. Mm -hmm. I'll give a final reminder that the sixth question to our Picard final 10 forward pub quiz will be available later this episode. If you gather together all 10 answers to the pub quiz questions at the end of the season, email them to us at feedback at tv podcast industries. .com and you'll be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Star Trek Picard goodies.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: so make sure you listen right to the end of this. Yeah. Now,
1: there's some good some good goodies out there for Star yes. Trek Picard and because of the last season and our final uh, go round for uh, our 10 forward pub quiz, uh, we'll make sure there's some some good uh, good Picard related uh, prizes in there for you.
0: Yes, but we're also going to make the questions extra hard just to ensure you well, really, I, really want
1: them. You say that, but I had to put, put the question in here for this week, and it's not that difficult. So you're going to get a really easy question. <laughs> this week. This yes. is the freebie. This is the freebie <laughs> one, okay? This yes, is the all mobile. you need to do for my one is use your eyes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, Chris, let's kick into our coverage of this episode of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty. Do you want to tell us who gave us what with the... Overall details behind the scenes.
0: Of course. The show was created by Kiva Goldsman and Michael Chabon and Christian Baer and Alex Kurtzman. This episode's story is by Christopher Monfetti. This is his second episode this season. This episode, episode six, was also directed by Dan Liu, who we saw in the last episode because he directed that one too.
1: Absolutely. What an episode to get a director.
0: Oh, telling me. Now, Derek, in lieu... Of a very fluey John. Do you want to tell us what they gave us for this episode with your synopsis?
1: Absolutely. The Wikipedia synopsis uh, has helped me out. Uh, Once again, (laughs) thank you very much, Wikipedia, for coming in last minute uh, to to give us the synopsis. Uh, So, the synopsis for this episode is Worf and Raffi board the Titan and together with the crew develop and execute a plan to infiltrate Daystrom Station. The Titan is forced to flee after Starfleet ships arrive. Picard seeks out help from Geordie LaForge, his former chief engineer, now a Commodore in charge of the Starfleet Museum. The away team discovers that a soon-type android containing the memories of Data, B4, LAL, Lore, and Alton Sung is at the heart of Daystrom and also contains the project's database that they're looking for. Equipped with a Klingon cloaking device stolen by Jack, who is suffering from Picard's old neurological condition, and LaForge's daughters, the crew returns to Daystrom where they recover Raphium Wharf but Riker stays behind to cover their escape and is captured. They discover that the item stolen by the Changelings was the original dead organic body of Jean-Luc Picard. Riker is brought aboard the Shrike, where he is reunited with his wife, Diana Troy, who was also kidnapped by the Changelings. They didn't fill in the parts where it's all about nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. In the synopsis. I think... They, they did, you know, they didn't fill in those moments where... Um, panning shot of amazing spaceships that we remember from the past with theme tune playing love it
0: yeah (laughs) should we jump in to our discussion on this with i think our first point if you want to call it that
1: make it so number one absolutely yes our small moments are a little quote from the episode that stood out to us lots and lots of options here in this episode i think
0: yes so john from the transporter accident, he wanted us to talk about Shaw geeking out because we are geeks. <laughs> especially get, Shaw getting to geek out or engine out or grease monkey out with LaForge.
1: That's right? such a fun moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, really like this. You know, Shaw has been, um, let's say, disrespectful to uh, the legends of Starfleet, but as an engineer himself, as he says, uh, having a moment quickly to talk to George LaForge um, and uh, express how much he, uh, he respects him and, and loves him. Um, and gets a great response from Jordy, where he's kind of going, look, I know we're under a lot of pressure right now, you know. Uh, at this stage, um, your ship is being held together by the twenty first century equivalent of duct tape, uh, and I would I would ap- happily geek-, geek out with you about that at any other time, but we are busy right now, and you just get a moment from Shaw where he's like, "Oh, that's lovely." <laughs> and
0: <he's> like Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm meeting so my hero.
1: Exactly, it's like uh, like uh, Phil Coulson meeting uh, meeting Captain Captain America in the Marvel uh, universe. Uh, that's yeah. always always my go to for for proper geek gates on screen.
0: That is actually one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. I think that it really is.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? What's your small moment from the episode?
0: For me, it is uh, Sung, his hologram, talking about the evolution and how evolution is not the act of preservation. It's the act of addition. Mm. Uh, and we kind of get this interspace with the thoughts of kind of both Picard and The Forge and obviously their offsprings and that they were like, Obviously, Picard now just has Jack, and mm-hmm. we meet the the two LaForges, um, in there. The, the his daughters, mm-hmm. so we never met both of them. And you have Song talking about he originally wanted to kind of live forever, and that's why he created, um, essentially Data and Lore and all the mm-hmm. androids and all the work he's done, and as the Golems, a way, yeah. as a, yeah the Golems as a way to essentially live forever. Mm-hmm. and actually, and it was hit that evolution of man to live forever, to, to to live beyond his years and be celebrated beyond his year, and throughout his lifetime, and at the end, he then obviously built a new golem, uh, which we'll get to later, but does talk about how actually it's the act of addition, like you're imprinting your knowledge and all your worth on your offspring. It's not always going to be perfect, but it is going to be good.
1: Hmm. exactly exactly yeah great great little moment there um seeing old song and of course seeing brent spiner in the series um you know it's interesting it's almost like they're treating it as if this is the first time we've seen brent spiner uh back in the role um obviously we've had two seasons now where brent spiner has appeared in both seasons uh <laughs> so we're not getting the same experience but they are saying really to a lot of fans that didn't tune in for the last two seasons of picard don't worry come on in here will give you a new introduction to, uh, to, this, the, to the character again, effectively. So, yes, they uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see why they're doing it. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. And lots of people are really happy with this, of course, uh, seeing Brent Spiner back on here. So uh, a great little moment there. For me, my quote is, uh, is really from Worf because his arrival on the Titan, I think, is uh, one of my favorite moments in the episode because nobody really knows how to deal with Worf. He's quite a serious person. Um, and has been in the past, even though they're all very close and all very family related. Uh, I just really like where uh, where Picard said to him, oh, it's been so long, he responds with. It's been 11 years, five months, four days, minus your infrequent messages and the annual bottle of sour mead. Kind of taken aback, Picard's wondering what this sour mead is, and uh, Riker tells him, it's Chateau Picard. <laughs> and Worf, of course, saying, it's quite tart, sir. Um, so, yes, not a fan of wine, I don't think. Uh, our I,
0: I like it. It's a good way to describe, <laughs> essentially, what is wine, and a good Chateau Picard and Pinot Noir.
1: Yes, if you're a sweet beer drinker, uh, yes. certainly wine would just taste really tart. But uh, for for decades now, we've been told that Château Picard is a, an amazing wine. Uh, so, uh, now, I, it's two people marketing. this season—it's all yeah. marketing. <laughs> two people this season now uh, criticizing it from Shaw and now Wharf. So, uh, love that line, love that moment.
0: Yes, no, it was a it was a good one. I, I think it's again showing the the comedic elements that we'd get. Very regularly, across Mm -hmm. Next Generation, just kind of sprinkled in, and this is another one.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly.
0: Should we move on to our medium points for this episode? Implement the Omega Directive immediately.
1: Yes, our Omega Directive, our second point. What have we got? Uh, Anything coming in from the Transporter?
0: Yes, from the Transporter, we do have Moriarty reprising his role from the Next Generation. Hmm. Um, And as a way to also um, basically reintroduce potentially Data or at least through because the noise and the ravens from the hologram Mm -hmm. that he kind of leads Riker and all them to is the exact same song that we get flashback to. For when Riker first met Data back in uh, Farpoint.
1: Encounter into Farpoint, the first yeah. ever episode of Star Trek: Next Generation. Yes, that's a really, really cool idea, isn't it? Um, so yeah, Moriarty uh, would be quite connected with Data and in, uh, in the Next Generation uh, it's created by George LaForge, or at least the program of uh, of Moriarty. Obviously, he wasn't created by uh, George LaForge. Um, I think that would go to uh, the creator of uh, of Sherlock Holmes, um, but Arthur, the, Arthur the, C. Doyle. Yes, but this, this, this specific version of uh, of uh Mariarty, a one that would be quite connected, as I say, to uh, to data yeah. in the past. So um so he's using this as a way to send out. He's trying to communicate with Riker, uh trying to communicate with his former crewmates and um, to get them to kind of unlock the keys to get uh to get into to see data. So yeah. I really like this idea. Uh, great to see Mariarty back here. Um a very different character than we saw in the past. I think the last time we saw Mariarty he was effectively he was so highly evolved in his brain and his ability to deduce stuff, he'd almost become sentient, or he had become sentient, a sentient hologram. Um, So that was the last time we saw him. But this is just a hologram uh, mariachi. But another great cameo, though.
0: Yeah, and it's fun just to have the the pop-to-go-weasel kind of (laughs) reference. And then, like, for me, it was the same actor who played him, and they kind of, I think they, Mm. they gave him a bit, a few less wrinkles, so he was closer to how he looked, but he definitely aged, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, okay. Like, there's some things you just can't change. Absolutely. And it was fun. It was, again, the nostalgia beat, but it was one that I went, oh, that's clever. Yes. Fun, exactly. nice, just kind of tweak, using a clever thing just to kind of get it in there.
1: Yeah, he's not the dangerous foe trying to take them down. He is no. effectively a door that needs to be unlocked. And he's sharing the key with them, which is uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, this is all you need to do: solve this riddle. Effectively, so uh, I kind of like that. That was that was really good. Uh, nice with John. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how about yourself? what's your uh, What's your medium moment from the episode? Uh,
0: so for me, it's that Jack is dying. Mm. He has inherited neuromodic syndrome that Jean-Luc Picard had, um, and it, it, it's genetic. It's been passed on. And essentially it, it's it was it's almost like the dem- uh, kind of um dementia, kind of like they their brains move so fast, run so fast, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, that it mm-hmm. kind of just burns out towards the the end of their life and they couldn't be decades, it could be things. But it's what we saw back in season one that Picard was dying from and that yeah. kind of that thing. But also then it's the same one if you like I think we talked about it back when we did the the initial Conversations mm-hmm. on season one when this came up um it was obviously that when he went to the future and saw that q showed him the future of his what it could be, you saw the full effect of the illness then as well mm-hmm. um, yeah exactly this is Jack has inherited this yeah it's he's seeing I still don't think that's what he's seeing, okay, like I think it's just it caught it there that's but like the hallucinations, the red door. The, the the overgrown ready vines that Jack's mm-hmm. seeing the, the someone calling to him because it didn't explain his sudden ability to take out four changelings with death shots.
1: <laughs> That's um, true. Did not explain, did not that. explain that. Yeah. Um. It, it may just it may just be that um, by Beverly investigating, she's now learned about his aromatic yes. syndrome, but it's not necessarily anything connected to what yeah. <laughs> what he's actually seeing as well yeah yeah I agree with you
0: and I look it's nice it, it, it leads in a nice way to kind of connect them further we get mm-hmm. sprinkles throughout this episode of people talking about the things and even like, we both, both Card and Jack talking um, essentially about kind of the, this this s- symptom and then you obviously see Jack kind of drinking his way through a bottle. But we mm. have uh, Anna and Seven chatting with um, Jack and saying yeah, you, you sound like him. You have that yep. same poetic insufferability that comes <laughs> out sometimes. And yeah, even towards the end we see how this Against that theme of addition and rather than an evolution and like what you take from your family, what, mm-hmm. what you take from your mother and father, but both the genetics and characteristic qualities. It's a nice way. It's like this is the downside to what we see as well as the positives. Yes. His, his ability to influence and lead and think on his feet and all these things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I must I must say I love Jack's line with uh, with Picard where he says, uh, I wish you were as good at dispensing genetics as you are advice. Yes. <laughs> and that's a real cutting remark. It is really weird, though, isn't it? It feels like you could kind of sit him down for about two and a half seconds and, it's, and explain, yes, okay, you've got ar- aromatic Syndrome. There are dangers here. But your father is over 80 years old and had this illness. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas... They kind of take age out of it completely. They say, you know, it could last decades, right? I get that. But they take age out of it completely and kind of go, you know, he didn't survive Aromatic Syndrome. He did die of it. Picard did die of it. And the only way he overcame it is by getting a new body and becoming who he is. So effectively, they've just kind of said, there's no cure for this and you're going to die of it, Jack. It could be a couple of decades. But you're talking, it could be 60 more yeah. years for Jack. That's a long time to live. Most of us would expect to die within eighty years. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also, your dad got built a new body. He did. He still knows where this planet is <laughs> with all the, the the specialized androids.
1: No, he doesn't, Chris. Ah, oh, put the connection there. Uh, in this episode, Alton Sung had the only other gun. There's only two guns, one built that he gave to Picard and the second one that he's now given to Data in this episode. So there's no other chance uh, for Jack. There was no other one built. Um that's mm. the reference that Alton Sung died before being able to transfer completely data into this new column. so uh, so actually unfortunately jack doesn't have the option of his father but does that matter would you expect to live more than 80 years is the question <laughs> <It's true. laughs>
0: you know i suppose well in, in a it's world like oh my star god trek, i'm
1: gonna die someday yes everybody does yes. sorry <laughs>
0: but in a world of star trek where people actively live quite old mm-hmm. because of n- what they the, the the world and the science fiction of it all.
1: Invanced um, technology, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's probably the better way of putting it. But yeah. anyway, that was my kind of medium point for this, which is how the the addition of the disease brings in these all these additional kind of conversations or characteristics and kind of what you take from your family. And it's fun as it's spread out through the whole episode
1: yeah excellent and another part of the of the episode playing into these family connections this yeah. is you know way more than fast and furious this show is all about family um and you're seeing that uh throughout there's some really really good moments in there about that so uh yeah good connection there with jack uh, having something else from his father
0: yes no definitely what about yourself derek what, what was your medium point
1: We've got to talk about it sometime. I don't know how to bring it up. There were so many Easter eggs in this episode that I absolutely loved, and I'm sure you have loads as well, Chris. Uh, that let, Let's talk about some of the, the main ones, because this is going to be, I guess, a, a medium point to talk about. Um, the visit that we have to the Fleet Museum um, yep. brings up loads of, really, lo- loads of really fun ones, and also on Daystrom.
0: Yes. So where do we start? Should we start in the Ship Museum?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some of, uh, some of the best, uh, Easter eggs that are in there. So first off, the first ship that we, that we see on there is the Defiant, which was, um, command, commanded by, uh, Worf. That was his ship, really, uh, when he was a uh, part of DS9. Uh, Captain Sisko, uh, kind of sent Worf out on all of his missions in the Defiant. So, uh, that was a very, very important ship in there. Uh, loved, loved seeing that again. It was kind of, kind of cool to see that, uh, up on screen. Um, we have the wonderful, of course, NCC one seven oh one A, the Enterprise, uh, Kirk's Enterprise, the uh, the only surviving one from that era of uh, of Kirk's Star Trek, I guess. So uh, love retro,
0: as Jack says, the retro lines.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Jack, Jack, a big fan of spaceships here. So i liked I liked having that moment between Seven and him as they describe what's going on, and then. We alight on one of my favourite ships of all time, uh, of course, uh, the USS Voyager, where Seven came from, and again another hitting of this idea of the family, the crew our family uh, for all of these, uh, all of these people that we've spent so many time, uh, so much time with. But having you know the pan across the USS Voyager, that amazing theme from from Voyager playing as Seven is saying, you know, that's where she was reborn, that's where she came back to. Being alive from being a member of the Borg, and had her family with her, and ever since she's been trying to find new family. I thought that was a a, a lovely, a lovely moment between the two of them there.
0: And we do have the bounty as well, of the, course. The like, and that's yeah. a, like such a beautiful. Okay, obviously it plays in later as well. Yeah, but it was so fun to see that.
1: The that's name what, of the episode, of course. Yeah, as well.
0: No, that that they were fun. They like again. Yeah. They, they're some of the mo- most iconic ships out mm-hmm. there. And again if you're if you're on Twitter do go follow Terry because he he's done he keeps he talks about a lot of this stuff he's yeah. very open about it. like yeah I really wanted this one in here and this type of shot and every now and again they show kind of some pre concepts kind of when they were thinking through some concept art or yeah. some pre like all of these and he talks about when well, I wanted one a constitution class with these types of things like it, it's very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome, isn't it? And I suppose the other thing is this is supposed to be a museum in this world, so they can't uh, recreate a ship that's been completely destroyed in the past, of course. That's why we have no... Uh, no, none of the next generation's enterprises there, for example. So, uh, so none they of those all crashed. Uh, yeah, we're, we're hopefully going to get an enterprise by the end of the season. Uh, but we still haven't gotten one of the next generation enterprises, but at least we got, uh, the 1701A. That was very cool. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. T- totally cool seeing the, uh, seeing the Klingon Bird of Prey. That's such a, a big, um, ship. Uh, we've said this before, despite all of our love for Star Trek, um, Star Trek The Voyage Home. Which is the fourth uh, movie is the most popular Star Trek movie? Uh, so most people that would have seen one instance of Star Trek would have seen that ship. Weirdly, yeah. would have would have seen the Klingon Bird of Prey from uh, from that movie. So uh, very smart to put that up on uh, on screen there. So good stuff. Uh, let's pop on over to Daystrom then, because uh, there's loads of cool Easter eggs in the background of uh, of Daystrom.
0: You go first. What's your favorite?
1: there has got I can I can't pick a favorite but there's two that are really well connected together from uh from the wonderful era of uh, James T Kirk. The body of Captain James T Kirk is in storage here. Um which is interesting considering what the reveal of what was stolen from Daystrom Institute is another captain's body. So um what were Section Thirty One doing, going around collecting the bodies of all the famous uh, dead captains in, the, in Starfleet? Is that is that don't where they go? Don't want them?
0: to know. <laughs> <laughs> we really
1: don't. You never want to know what's behind Section Thirty One. But the other one I loved, really quick one uh, that you might miss, the first thing they come across is the Genesis Two device. So yeah. this is the device that uh, kicked it all off in uh, in the Wrath of Khan. It's a device Khan! that uh, exactly. <laughs> it's a device that uh, that was used by. Um, James T. Kirk's former girlfriend and his son. When it was revealed that he had a son, so uh, a little extra connection there for that uh, for that genesis device uh, for this episode. Another reason why you'd have that uh, in here. So very cool, very cool to see that stuff. Uh, anything else in there, Chris? That we need to uh, need to highlight?
0: We mentioned the attack triple, but I will bring it in really just quickly because it's the genetically engineered attack triple yep. that, like, obviously fun because Tribbles are always there. But also, Worf has such a disdain for Klingons have a disdain for them, and Worf in mm-hmm. particular for was it trials and tribulations or tribulations. Yes, and there's DS Nine when that that whole one.
1: Yep, where they went back in the past to. Uh Star Trek, the uh, original series, uh, very cool episode. Absolutely love that episode. Um, but yes, Klingons have a specific aversion to uh, to tribbles in their cute form, and now they've been turned into basically face huggers from aliens. <laughs> I can imagine how much <laughs> scarier they are as well.
0: Yeah, no, and it was fun. And I'm pretty sure there has to be way more. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, like we saw both, like old birds of, cling like, on birds of prey and Romulans. Like, we saw multiple different ships. So I'm sure we're missing a lot of Easter eggs. So do let us know if your favourite Easter egg that we haven't discussed yet uh-huh. already came up. Uh, let us know on our feedback and we'll chat about it next week.
1: Absolutely. Do you know how much attention i was playing to these paying to these scenes chris i was uh googling all the things that i was seeing on screen making sure i had to, uh, had everything covered uh and then a ship went past i uh, took down the code the you know the numeric code that's on the on the front of it and googled it and it was the uss titan the ship that we've been following all season <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh okay yeah i probably should have remembered the code on the top of that ship <laughs> there you go. Uh, due diligence. That's what I said.
0: Exactly. Say. That's all it was. You're just crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Exactly. And uh, your capital T's too, with Titan. Uh-huh. So we move on to our main discussion points for this episode.
1: We must face the ramifications of the Prime Directive. Yes, our main point, our Prime Directive.
0: Do you want to kick us off, Derek? Because we've none real... I, I don't want to give away too much of what John's thoughts were, so we'll start with just you.
1: Okay, no problem. Um, ah, the return of Jordy LaForge. You know, I mentioned, you know, obviously having the family back together with Worf's arrival and getting his big hug from Beverly Crusher. Lovely moment that we have there. But we have a little bit more of an antagonistic moment from Commodore Jordi LaForge, where Picard thinks to reach out to Jordi to get help from him to solve their situation. Of course, he's going to help. He's, you know, the best engineer in the galaxy. He's going to help out his old captain. And instantly when they arrive, he tells them to drop their shields, drop all weapons, um, you know, and stand down effectively. So uh, I like the antagonistic start to this. And then he arrives on board with, uh, with his other daughter, uh, who are, both in charge of the, uh, of the, of Starfleet, but there's a certain economy to the way that they've written Geordie that you already feel like you know him the minute he comes on board. You already feel it's the fully formed Geordie LaForge that we last met back in the next generation or in the movies effectively. Uh, I thought, I thought he was so well brought to life again here. Yeah. Loved, you know, the, the idea that he's saying, the reason why he needs uh, Picard out of there quickly is because he needs to put in and file complaints for what the fleet are doing for Frontier Day, bringing the entire fleet together. It's a terrible idea. And if he doesn't uh, tell all the right people about it, nothing will change. You know, he's really taken up by this idea. But the fact that he's seen through the conspiracy, that is a George de la Force thing. He's still, even though he's in charge of a museum, he's still investigating. He's still looking at everything that's going on and trying to help and trying to tell everybody uh, the best way to do uh, what they do. So, yeah, love that. love that moment with Jordy. That was cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely loved it.
1: One apology I do want to make, I think early on in the season, uh, for some reason, we, uh, well, I I think because of all the, uh, because of all the uh, previews for the season, I'd said that the actress that plays uh, Sydney LaForge aboard the ship is um, LeVar Burton's daughter. She's not. Uh, His actual daughter is the, uh, the, Lady who plays uh, Alandra, uh, his yes, daughter Mika. here. Yes, Mika. Mika Bird. Yes. So uh, for some reason, I'd uh, I'd said that it was uh, it was the actress who plays. Probably me because I had topic.
0: also said it, and I was like, <laughs> we had commented because she is a big D and D player. I'm a big D and D watcher. Right. She's been on Critical Role. Addition. Uh, additionally, she's a bigger question. Uh, she's a cosplayer. Right. She's she. Her dad's ner- nerd royalty, being LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she is nerdy, too. Um, so she's in the nerdy space ecosystem, especially out of L.A. So she's been in many things. Right. Um, but, yes, I had mentioned it multiple times to you. So she <laughs> the blame on me.
1: And it it just takes away, I guess, a little bit of the specialness of having the two of them on screen together and the two of them arriving on board together, having Jordi the Fours back in Star Trek with his actual daughter with them. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I think it's great. I love, again, I love the, um, the economy of the character, how quickly he gets up to speed with everything. We see him go taking Picard to the side and having a conversation. Uh, and it just cuts to him learning about Jack that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Jack is Picard's son. And Jordy goes, Oh, Trust you to make an entire galactic incident out of this, Bacarys. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Really good. But he's very he's very different in some ways than we've seen Journey of the Past, though, as well, which, which I like. This idea that um, he now has his own family. He has his own daughters, his own wife to take care of. Those are now the most important things in his entire life. In the past, he would have jumped at the chance to join every single adventure. He's, he was a, such a central part of that of that crew of, of uh, the next generation that he would have given up anything, but now he has his own life and he wants to make sure that those people are kept safe. So I like that sparring almost between himself and Sydney, where Mm. Sydney's telling him, you know, I joined Starfleet because of you, because of you and your adventures. I was never going to be an engineer like you, but at least I could have the family that you always told me you got from the next generation, effectively from your adventures that you had. Uh, I love that. I thought that was a really uh, good addition to this. It, It, elevates the appearance of Jordan the Forge from a cameo of a former cast member uh, saying hi and giving them the next piece for their mission to an actual good arc and good story similar to what we said about having Enson Rowe back last week it wasn't just a cameo for cameo's sake it really adds to the story and really gives reason and meaning for uh, for having uh, the character here
0: yeah and again i like you really expect him like when we see the the engineering problem they're having with the cloaking device—you expect him to come in and fix it. Mm. Like that's the expectation. That's not what happens. We do see him take control with data, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of the the spanner and the kind of the the sonic spanner, sonic screwdriver. I don't know the okay, sonic that's, screwdriver. That's that Doctor Who. I know, <laughs> but he asked for a buzzy, buzzy thing, right? Um, but we do get that nice moment as well with the daughters. And mm-hmm. you can even see the, 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 the other the other daughter kind of smile when basically the, the she talks about saying how she used to crash her speeder on purpose so they could spend time together. Exactly. Kind of fixing them. It's again
1: yeah. it's
0: nice to see the dynamic. Jordy is super strict. Mm-hmm. Like and to where he's Commodore LaForge. Like he is but he's also, he's in charge of a museum. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the expectation I always had for him was like, the, the, like, like some tech engineering. Basically, like almost Daystrom, like yeah. being the, the 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 commodore of Daystrom's almost type thing. That's where you always assumed that character would go based on his engineering prowess.
1: And it's likely that he did. You know, it's likely that he had lots, lots more adventures. Again, remember, it's hard. It's hard to remember because these uh, the, the actors themselves are quite vibrant. Given. Uh, you know, given their age, no offense, you know, but um, like you think of LeVar Burton being in his 70s, you know, that means he would have had quite a long career after yeah. his time in the next generation. Same again, Michael Doran. I cannot believe he's in his 70s, given uh, given the scenes that he's had this season so far fighting with Rafi, you know, those those moments that he's had. Again, an actor in his 70s, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so,
0: well, I suppose like seventy Hollywood 70s is really like, <laughs> is like real life
1: 50s. But this is thing. TV 70s, Chris. This isn't Hollywood 70s. These are TV uh, actors from the 80s, you know? <laughs> Paramount plus money. It's not Marvel
0: money, but it's, it's Paramount not. plus money. Like they, they can still get you some good trainers.
1: They look, they look great. They're, they're doing such a great job here. And I, I suppose the line that's so um, specific from him and from. Jordan the forge to picard where he's saying it's always about life and death that's why i'm not going to join your adventure this time because every time you have something (laughs) it's about life and death i've done that i've been there i have family i need to protect them i need to stay out of this so you know he has had all of those adventures many many times before and now he feels he needs to pass it on
0: yeah and the best part about that is it's also your family is not the family you make or you, you're born into. It's also the family you choose. That whole theme coming throughout at the episode.
1: That is absolutely what he would have been saying in the past. Now he's saying, it is the family I choose. I, I have my kids. But by the end of the episode, of course, he's come around to this idea, learning from his daughter there, Sydney. One of the things I absolutely love about this, as this has all come together... um. There's always been a little bit of a joke of the idea of, of the next generation that generationally they're not connected to st- the original Star Trek, right? There's no actual generational connection. It's just the new version of the show, right? But they chose the title, Next Generation. Whereas here, what we're getting potentially by the end of this season, we have Jack, the next generation of Picard and, uh, and Beverly Crusher. And we have Sydney, the next generation of Jodie the Forge, potentially could be going on to... Uh, for maybe a new season, maybe a new oh. show. So will it be Star Trek, the real next generation, coming up <laughs> in the future? It's like the real uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Yes, so the rumor is that that's out there now is Star Trek Legacy. Yes. Um, It's out there. People are making fan art already, and it's going to be about the Titan and... All of them on the Titan, and essentially, Jack takes the role of the non Starfleet, like Seven of Nine. And but you have all the other Star Trek, like mm-hmm. the actual Starfleet people in there, and you have the, the Forges and everything. and I'm like, yeah, I'm down for that. Of like, course, of course, like a, 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 a Titan. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. and again, we've talked, I've talked about it throughout the season. Yeah, we have a future looking Star Trek show which will come to an end, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. You have the, the, the past in Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. so we do need a current universe one, a current yeah. timeline. Pre- present for the Star Trek universe, if you understand my meaning. Uh, or somewhat present.
1: Uh, one so within this timeline, yes. Exactly. Within, yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and as long as Captain Shaw's in there, I'm I'm oh, yeah. all go for it. But it is funny, isn't it, that, that it tends to be... Um, when you're when you're watching uh, these shows along with twitter responses uh, to them the it's always if a character does something good they need a spin off give them a spin off <laughs> It's, it's it's what happens all the time. What made me laugh most this week was when we had this visit to the Easter Egg Museum, the Fleet Museum. Um, I started seeing calls coming up on Twitter for, uh, give the Fleet Museum its own show. All we want to see is great ships from the past with the music playing and someone telling you what they did and what their adventures were for an hour every week. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound like a greatest of shows. Um, <laughs> That's <I> could... <laughs> basically
0: a museum visit, and I'm not yeah. sure I could get like 10 hours out of that.
1: That. that's basically a blu-ray extra for this yeah. season that's what it is yeah. <laughs> but there you go
0: the one i've yet to see is a star trek comedy like and a real life action i'm not mean lower decks sorry excuse me i'm very quickly getting in there
1: absolutely do yes, not lower Decks is great yes I love it to bits yeah what we don't I mean we don't have deep. to have a live action uh comedy we've got an in-universe star trek comedy which happens yes. to be lower decks and it's excellent yes now, to finish uh,
0: i would love an office style one like okay. the office or like night at the museum where it's actually in the museum and it's just a fun <laughs> they get into little hijinks in the museum every week could be stupid could be funny could uh-huh. be a mini series could
1: fun. could be cancelled after what episode or yes, probably or at uh ideation stage as they say uh, chris <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs>
0: but uh, if anyone from Star Trek's listening, call me.
1: Excellent, excellent, Chris. What's your big moment? Your prime directive from this episode?
0: Yes, for me, it's what was heisted, and then what's next? Hmm. Um, so we can kind of take both of these, but initially, like we end this episode finding out Jean Luc Picard, Jean Luc Picard, Jean Luc Picard. Yes, we understand that. No, Jean Luc Picard was heisted. The body of Picard was the piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this both intrigues the hell out of me, but also makes me very worried. And I'll get to the why in a second. Okay. And then we also do see it ends with Riker captured mm. and Deanna Troy captured by our our uh, shapeshifters, our gooey friends. <laughs> um, so they're both there. And is that Deanna actually Deanna? Is it a gooey person? Who knows? <laughs> but also more problematically... There's only 10 episodes in this season. Okay. It doesn't feel like we're past the halfway point in the story. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it doesn't feel like we're that far in. The 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 we essentially coming into act three. This doesn't feel like the beginning of act 3 or the, the end of act two. Okay. This feels mid act two almost. So it hmm. just feels that that part of it. So I'll start with Picard.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes, let's go back to let's Picard. Bring
0: all yes. the way back to Picard. Yep. So Picard's body as you, we joked about, both Kirk's body and Picard's body were, were was in Daystrom. Mm-hmm. and it's been stolen. Yes, we have found a long lost son
1: uh-huh.
0: of Picard. Yeah, are they doing the same storyline? Where I, it's I again? I don't think they'd be that silly to have that his he's a, that Jack is a clone. Yeah, Beverly's like Beverly's whole mind's been messed with uh-huh. or Picard's body was used to like
1: <laughs> then they went back in time and impregnated Beverly Crusher <laughs> to have like, Jack no yeah. there's a, there's a much more simple explanation that I I finally came up with after watching the episode a couple of times okay okay so the big moment that we're waiting for in the show that we've heard about multiple times is Frontier Day yes Yeah, coming up in just a few days' time, right? 48 Um, hours, according to... Yeah. So what we heard in the first episode of the show was that both Riker and Picard are supposed to speak at Frontier Day. The entire fleet's going to be there. So, it's potentially, it's possible that they've taken Picard's body so that they can create the these versions of changelings that now have the internal organs so they can bypass all of the security that is afforded to Admiral Picard so they can get in there and make this big statement from the changelings. That's my thinking. So.
0: But they don't need the body to do that because if you remember what they did with uh, Ensign La Forge, or Pilot La Forge, they didn't need her body to do that.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: That was, I, I thought, the exact same
1: thing. Mm-hmm. I, yep.
0: And it was literally because I was like, "Oh, okay, they're like they're basically trying to like get rid of the scanners, use the real DNA." Mm. And then I went, "Oh no, that's not that's not what they're doing." Um, or they say that 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 it doesn't compute well, unless it is, and it's like they go over the <laughs> well, skeleton.
1: You, you have literally hit on the big difference there between the two things. So with La Forge, they created the internal organs with zero DNA. We hear. Um, we hear Dr. Crusher talking about cutting in seeing blood with no DNA connected to it. yet this would be a much more real version of Picard if they reanimated the body in some way or if yeah. they really were able to more even with even more detail create a version of him uh, from a changeling. so that's what I was thinking of um I think that's the way that you align it with the story. Mm-hmm. Um rather than having to go back and, you know, as I said, do something like they time traveled back to create uh, Jack from uh, from DNA stolen from the body of Picard uh, a couple of days ago. I don't know. I don't think that's I don't think that they would go that far with the story that I uh, has to connect into Frontier Day. There has to be a reason why we heard in episode one that Picard and Riker were supposed to be big special guests for this massive moment that the entire fleet was going to be gathered. Um, so I, I, that's the only thing I could think of. That was the only theory I could think of that that's the reason why they need his body.
0: That means we may lose Riker.
1: That means we may lose Riker. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, with that theory, then they have to kill Riker. Um. They, well, like, again, <laughs> to take his body the same way they needed the body of Picard. Anyway, well, I suppose, look, for me, it just start, I was like... Very fearful of this whole body piece because I was like, mm-hmm. again, so far, the writers and everyone on the show have not mm-hmm. disappointed. Yeah. So, again, I'm not, like, throwing my hands in the air and kind of flipping a table going, oh, my <laughs> God, I'm out. No. Yeah. Like, it's very much, I was just like, I'm very, it's interesting because. It is. It wasn't what I was ex- it, like the whole account. It wasn't what I was expecting, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it was also not in a like a smoking gun. It, it didn't feel like a smoking gun. Right. I think uh, that's probably yeah. and i remember, again. I want to see where it goes.
1: Yes, I was going to yeah. say I was excited, I was um, really happy with the reveal of what they took, and completely confused as to where uh, and what's going to happen. So yeah. that's why I've been thinking about it, which is what you're supposed to do, that's yeah. why it's a cliffhanger. Uh, why do they want his body? What What's yeah. that for? How did they get it is the other question. But anyway, um we'll gloss over that, the body must have been left somewhere, uh, so they've been digging up bodies all across the galaxy like... Uh, james t kirk's body so i guess mm-hmm. that's what they do once you enter starfleet you get chipped with uh, with something that when your body's left on other planets uh section 31 go ahead and pick it up yep. and bring it back to daystrom
0: <laughs> just in case of this yeah. um it does also kind of look we we lost one member with riker getting caught with potentially diana or goo diana we don't know
1: okay um, so you asked that question i'm gonna say i believe 100 percent that's real diana troy do you know why because oh. nobody delivers that line that she delivered at the end of the episode. Just two words of "Oh, will." Nobody can deliver that if okay. they're a changeling impersonating Diana. You know that's real Diana because yes, nobody is. can deliver that. That put down to your husband and slight concern <laughs> to your husband yes. of "Oh, what have you gotten us into now?"
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is her. Like we we know it is because also they they they, they talk about how they're going to kind of round up people connected to, to Picard.
1: Yeah. I thought that a, was a bit yeah. of a weird one. Like, specifically, Vadic says, let's go out, burn down the entire galaxy of everybody connected to Picard, yet who she happens to have captured and brought aboard is Riker. Will Riker's wife. Uh, I think they're going
0: for anyone on the enterprise. So basically, <laughs> they have a whole of people. <laughs> it's like I have
1: this cast photo from 1988. Yeah, <laughs> seven of these people are aboard the Titan. <laughs> Who is not aboard the Titan? Who can we get? Um, yeah.
0: So look, that, that's interesting. And with that loss, we also gain a data.
1: Yes, a we bore, do.
0: Or uh, a B and a soon, all <laughs> in one body. <laughs>
1: That was really interesting. Yeah, I know we haven't talked about that. Probably this, we're going kind of into notes here, right? Because we have we don't have a point about uh, about data, but um but it was really interesting. This is the makeup of every single version of Data and uh the that the, that Android family that we've seen in the past, we even get a mention of Lal, who was the daughter of Data, so uh being involved in the makeup of this new character. I'm gonna say the character's called Moore. Uh just yeah, because yeah. of that line saying I'm not data, I am more. I think he's gonna that name's gonna stick. Yeah, that could be a good one. <laughs> there you go. It's four letters. That's, that's, yeah. uh, and it ends with an E, uh like yeah. lore, rhymes at Lore. Um so yeah. Anyway, um this is really cool. I like I liked hearing each of the voices, Brent Spiner doing each of the voices of each of the characters. Um as he's talking through I am lore, I am before, I'm data, um, no, yeah. I am more. I thought that was really cool. And no, I, some, and I of course, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, look, it was good. So again, kind we, we have majority of the cast now throughout mm-hmm. this episode or throughout this season. Now everyone's come in and gone, and essentially we will once Riker and Diana escape, which inevitably they will. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed, they'll okay. end up back with the Enterprise crew, and that's your whole crew back together. Yes. All that has to happen in three episodes. Yeah. Not Not hard, but again, it just feels right now. It doesn't feel like the end of Act Two. It like, again, for me, still feels like maybe like just coming up to the halfway point. Because you guys basically, I I, I just feel that's where it feels like for me. I feel like they have enough story and Mm. momentum to go, not just for 10 episodes, to this could feel like a 12 episode season. Or or it could could. go for
1: seven seasons like it did before, Chris. (laughs) Or a 23 episode. There you go. There you go. Yes, it's it's because of the cast. It's because of getting them them together like this. I think they have done a really good job of when they do bring in a new member of uh, or a former member of cast or a new member of cast, giving them an arc within the episode that they get. So I presume next episode is going to be the arc of data. Um, yeah. in some way. This this new version of Data will get a lot more information about him. But really, there's one big central thing. This uprising of the Changelings focused on Frontier Day. And I think there's ample time for me, anyway, that, that they're going to be able to deal with that story by the end of the season. Uh, see who remains alive by the end of uh, of Season 3, the final season of Picard. Um, and uh, anybody else who's alive may go into a spin off in the future.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. So, with all that said and done, should we? Is there any final note? I have none.
1: The only one I wanted to call out was just right at the start of the episode. It's actually the opening of the episode where we see Vadic and her shipmates. Um, I really liked her presenting what happened to the changelings, um, from their point of view. You know, mm. um, I think Shaw actually explains it quite well when we hear Worf talking about what really happened in the Dominion War—the fact that they created a virus that would kill all of the uh, the the, the um, all of the changelings, and then Starfleet created a, a cure for it, gave it to the changelings in, in exchange for peace, effectively. And Shaw says, "Not before you created some zealots." And in the opening scene, you hear Vadik talking to her crewmates about the fact that they, effectively, they are the zealots. They're the ones that have to wear the skins of their enemies. They have to impersonate Starfleet all across the galaxy. So, um, so I think that's quite interesting. But she also calls out the reason other members of the ship don't look the same as her and aren't out in society aren't out in starfleet is she calls them out as ill-defined and misshapen which makes it sound like presumably they can't take the full form of uh of other people they can't they can't change the way that the other members of the changelings can so i thought that was quite interesting so they're now crew of the crew of her ship effectively so not uh not able to infiltrate. Yet she can. She's a, a, she is a changeling who is able to impersonate a security officer on the Daystrom station uh to capture Riker. So she's has that ability, the rest of them don't. So there's almost a little bit of classism there between her and the rest of the ship, but she does call them all comrades, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, yeah frankly, and I think
0: it could be a side effect Yeah. of the this piece of the virus, like the virus now, there's this whole host of People who became misshapen and ill-defined, you can no longer take a a form, if you will, but can click, sound like an insect.
1: Uh, Yes. Gurgle, I should say. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, Almost reminded me of clickers there from The Last of Us, Chris. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Good stuff. I think that's it uh, for for my notes for the episode.
0: Yes. That's that's all for me. So, then I will ask... Eric, what did you think of Star Trek Picard episode six, "The Bounty"? Final thoughts.
1: Absolutely love this episode. Um, it's getting better every episode. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we're, I think I was at a, a five out of five by episode three of this season, and it's just maintained that quality. The writing has been fantastic, the direction has been fantastic, and. I love this idea of bringing in a former character and giving them their own arc within the episode, justifying why we're having cameos from all of these people, not just yeah. a let's get the band back together, it's let's catch up with them and find out who they are now and how they react and interact with this group now. So uh, really, really good. I'm, I'm delighted that we're getting a great season of Star Trek Picard so far. How about yourself, Chris? Same.
0: Um I have yet to find like many or like en- enough problems that kind of make me Meh, I could not watch this episode and kind of like call in sick to the podcast
1: um <laughs> hey every- are you saying that's what John did
0: I'm not going to say anything <laughs> it was just pure coincidence
1: He loved this episode he I did, I want to reassure did, everybody did, he, he did. was like a, he was like a 10 out of 5 for this episode
0: No 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 J- jokes aside like it's I suppose, look, with every element of nostalgia giving and kind of all this you you run the risk of just kind of fan service, but mm-hmm. for the sake of fan service, the writers and creators of this season have constantly done gone above and beyond and are threading it through with a narrative that is driving me forward, driving our the viewership forward. Mm-hmm. We're not getting many viewership numbers. Um, out of the, the the team in the who who run this, but enough to say that they're happy. Everyone seems happy with this. No one's gone like this has been a flop or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to see because it's driving me into. I can't wait for next Thursday and Friday to kind of watch this twice and really kind of get into the next few weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely still loving it and getting data back and being vindicated. Uh, against Derek is always fun too. Um, so, yeah. We're both right, Chris. We're yes, both we right. we were both right. Very good. We're Do you know what? Right.
1: I think we should cheers to that. Let's go yes. to uh, 10 forward, Chris. Exactly.
0: Now that's a segue.
1: <laughs> Nine years, Chris. Nine yep. years. Yep. So,
0: our 10 forward pub quiz for this episode. Question six. What is the designation number of the USS New Jersey found at the Fleet Museum.
1: Excellent. Yes, I told you you just needed to use your eyes uh, to get the answer to this question. Uh, Just a quick moment. Uh, All you need to do is just uh, hang around at uh, at the Fleet Museum and you should get the answer pretty easy. Uh, Chris, do you want to give the question one more time?
0: Yes. Once again, what is the designation number of the USS New Jersey found at the Fleet Museum?
1: Excellent stuff. All the other questions are available on tvpodcastindustries.com. A little button there uh, on the top of the main screen saying pub quizzes. Click that and you'll get a a list of all of the questions so far for the Star Trek Picard quiz. Uh, At the end of the season, gather together all 10 answers to the pub quiz. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com to be with the chance of getting your hands on some Star Trek Picard goodies.
0: Great stuff. So... Now that we've done the pub quiz, let's head on over and get some feedback. Yes, don't forget, you can send your thoughts on this episode and any of the episodes in the Picard season, uh, to feedback at TV podcast industries, or you can join us at our group over on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. First up, we do have some feedback on last week's episode from Joe Herbers, who had this to say. We finally got a chance to watch this episode. One problem with stories generally where someone is replaced is that it's not that easy to step into someone's life. A gripe I had to set aside with travellers. Seems like it would be hard for changing to impersonate people generally because what experience do they have with acting human? Casual conversations would be difficult. Maybe they somehow overcame that. But impersonating an individual that's known to others would be very hard. And it should be easy for someone who knows the person well to ask them details on any conversation or personal event. Picard and Rowe should have been able to quickly verify that they were each not changing things, though I understand why for story reasons they made it harder. Maybe Picard wouldn't have thought of this but Rowe has been dealing with this for a long time. Look her assemblage of clues and such from the drive she gives them. So she should have been ready to immediately ask specific questions to verify his identity. If they wanted to go this route with lots of fakes infiltrating Starfleet then the conspiracy worms would have been a better choice, or perhaps take the thing to the Federation. <laughs> Great stuff, Joe. Yeah, no, I, I suppose, look, it's story reasons, that, that, but also, like, these guys are good at probably impersonating in the small chat and the casual conversations, and, hey, look, if someone has a memory like mine, even sometimes, I'm like, <laughs> if someone came to me, remember this conversation we had last week? I'm like, um, uh, sure. <laughs> I, you I'm know what- changing.
1: I have to say I disagree with this theory from Joe um, quite heavily. Um, I think the show is set up quite well here that this is a changeling conspiracy inside. It's not just about finding changelings. It's about finding them and making sure they don't know that you found them and you're not yes. onto them. Um, that's why Roe was being so careful. But the idea here is bringing in Roe as a character after 30 years of being away and her meeting up with Picard who didn't trust her at all. The last time he met her, she left Starfleet to go off and join the Maquis. I know Joe knows this. There's a big fan of Star Trek. so. But the idea here is much more about using this sci-fi thing of changelings to look at these two characters who can't possibly trust each other so they can get to a point where they can trust each other and say, okay, you're not a changeling. If Road accused Picard of being a changeling, then, and he was, then potentially she could have died right there and that's the end of her investigation right um so it's really important that there's this distrust between the two they did actually address it from shaw earlier on in the season where he said it's really easy to tell a changeling you just ask them a question that they should know the answer to but because he doesn't know every single person aboard his ship intimately there's 500 people there there's enough information that they could still impersonate some questions I understand what you what you feel about maybe Rowan Picard because we're fans of the show. We feel they know each other really well, but they didn't spend a huge amount of time together and mm-hmm. it was 30 years ago. So you could mistakenly think someone is a changeling because they don't remember something correctly, as you said, Chris, or because um, so they're very different than they were 30 years ago. So I think for the show here, the idea that these two characters who distrust each other are trying to figure out surreptitiously whether the other is changeling makes a lot of sense and i loved how it worked uh, in the episode personally it was a really good idea um but again we've only heard from rose investigation that there are people infiltrating we don't know who they are we don't know what positions they're in and we don't know how many other people are, are surrounding them in positions to keep them safe or to keep them hidden um you know we don't we don't know that kind of information yet but i'm I'm suspecting that that stuff is what we're gonna see as the season goes on
0: I agree like again like we know this like you said it's conspiracy so they've been going and doing this for like, potentially years mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. yeah it's gonna be avoid casual conversations that's all you need to do I know yeah. lots of people like that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Uh, over on Twitter about this episode, Matt Murdock says this was a good episode. I kind of wish they avoided some of the campy dialogue, mostly near the beginning of the episode. But some of those nods and payoffs, like Seven and Voyager, Geordie Data, and finally Diana and the Flesh were really, really great. Excellent stuff. Glad you enjoyed it, that.
0: Yeah, good stuff. And yeah, like I don't, I didn't catch the campy. I think it was just them trying to be a bit too. Being bringing in that poetic kind of uh, Picard kind of story bits, but yeah, I was, I, trying, I to, I was trying
1: to think about this. Yeah, like the, the first scene is Vadic right, and then the second scene is Worf arriving. Um yeah. So I guess he didn't like the shut up Picard joke. I love that <laughs> joke. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Matt. Uh, over back, back over on Facebook. Uh, on this week's episode, Victor Von Doom says, Welcome to Easter Egg and Callback Central. Oh, the episode was awesome. I found myself frequently pausing the video in a vain effort to catch all the goodies. When the Defiant appeared, I immediately thought of Benjamin Sisko. Come on, prophets, turn them loose. Vaddock is scary in her own right, but what or who does she fear? The Seven and Rafi reunion. A bit confusing. Are there still a couple? Nice to see Shaw humbled upon meeting Geordie. The theft of the cloaking device was great. The sisters fell right in with Jack's plan. Good thing the LaForge family was on board. I must say I love these episodic cliffhangers. Question or two. Are the changelings trying to clone Picard and turn him into some type of Locutus? Where is the Girati board collective who promised to protect the Alpha Quadrant? Okay, back to cataloging the third (laughs) rewatch. Good stuff. I'm sure you're probably on your fifth or sixth rewatch at this stage, Victor. Um just to mention the jurati um board collective uh terry matthews has said they're not going to appear in the season uh this season at all that is their job they're right um protecting the alpha quadrants so the right um on the outer reaches they're not going to, be, going to be coming back in here um so unfortunately we're not going to see jurati back Yeah.
0: yeah they're the warriors on the wall exactly which is exactly. a shame because it was it was <laughs> the way it ended season two made it seem like it was gonna be a big part of season three
1: um i, I don't know and I, I can see i can see the justification they said this is how the borg ends with gerati in charge they're the watchers on the wall and that's it that's the yeah. end of your story so and um, as we've seen this season terry Mattles is willing to throw most of that out go if you watch it you watch it great that's absolutely fine you won't need most of that now exactly to look yeah. at this season. So um, yeah. that, I think it would be even tougher if you're trying to squeeze back in and the Borg into this season. Oh, of the God, show. yeah. No, no. We've, uh, had, we've done, added, done so. our Borg, man. We've done our yeah. Borg. So are they trying to clone Picard to turn him into some type of changeling-like Locutus to be a Could member be. of them? I think it's kind of like that, but uh, only next week will tell. You're right. The cliffhangers are, uh, are a little bit um, confusing because we don't know what's going to happen, but exciting to find yes. out what's going to happen.
0: Back to old school, waiting a week to find out.
1: Love it. My favorite way of watching TV.
0: Yes. Thanks so much, Victor. Uh, Still over on Facebook, we have some feedback from Heather Wallace with This To Say. My favorite moment was seeing cynical Gruffshaw flustered and tongue-tied meeting Geordie. It was mm-hmm. so adorable. The great thing about having changing in a series that features so many character reunions is that when your favorite are in conflict, like Geordie not instantly helping out, there's always a bit of you wondering if it's them or an imposter. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Deanna is real, though. She had just the right blend of worry and exasperation of any wife of Will Riker's would surely have.
1: <laughs> True. See? Yep. See, okay. I'm <laughs> to
0: see it more. Heather went on to say, Jack continues to annoy me. I don't know why he's so worried about it. a genetic brain disease. Changings are after him, so chances are he won't even make it past the weekend.
1: Hush. <laughs> Harsh you could live 80 years with a brain disease or die by the weekend think about the weekend jack yes
0: (laughs) as soon as rafi said the wrong data is on the manifest i knew we'd be getting lore somehow Mm. and since he was in the trailer he's expected so i thought it was a good way of throwing us all off the scent that data himself would be back in some form too Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Research Institute, is Daystrom collecting dead Enterprise captains? (laughs) Like, they've had Kirk and Picard's bodies on ice. Finally, just going back to last week's episode, Kirk Aceveda's cameo has a real cool layer to it. He mentioned Sneed was his foster brother and is seeking vengeance for his death sneed was played by aaron stanford who was james cole in terry Mantle's 12 monkeys and was the foster brother to kirk afosita's character ramsey as well as all the amazing star trek cameos i'm having fun picking up the 12 monkey ones
1: that is very cool i like that i I didn't
0: i didn't catch that myself but yeah. yeah no kirk kirk is a he's a good actor anytime you get him in any of the shows he's always fun
1: absolutely yeah yeah but I, I love the idea that he's that he's uh just even nodding to the fact that uh in the other show he was uh he was also his stepbrother effectively yeah. <laughs> kind of cool or his foster brother sorry uh great stuff heather i love that
0: yeah thank you so much heather
1: so do you think if we took a tour around uh daystrom that we might see the body of captain archer in there somewhere 100
0: oh, well?
1: even though we've never seen captain archer die and spring,
0: pike pike will be in there
1: Hike was also an enterprise captain. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other enterprise captain missing?
0: Uh, we're <laughs> gonna find out then. Like for a second, well, technically Riker, he, he every now and then he became like so. They, he had put his body in there. So if he know? dies,
1: if he dies later on in the season, they're just gonna go and stick him in Daystrom.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, like put him mm. on ice, stick him in a cooler. Like Uh, throw some beers in there it'd be fine but (laughs) of course they're gonna have to have him posed it won't be like the normal dead body pose it'll be posed as he's kind of rikering over a chair
1: just in the middle of of, of uh, yeah. jumping over a chair. Yeah, yeah excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Heather. Uh, finally, we have some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who says, Even as a very non-avid Star Trek viewer, I love the links to the past and the extensions into the future with this episode. From We're All Gonna Die to the deliberate crashing of scooters and the tongue-tied Star Struck Shaw, you could run a podisode entirely made of one-line pickups and discussions. As for the questions for the next two episodes that could reveal... Is this Diana real or a changeling? Can Positronic Data whistle? Can Seven keep resisting the flirty charms of Jack? Okay, we've answered the, the changeling one. We think uh, Deanna is, uh, is real. Yep. Uh, can Positronic Data whistle? I love that idea. That, uh, that it was absolutely to do with his android body. That's why he wasn't able to whistle back in Farpoint. But now that he has a Positronic body, maybe he can whistle. I like, I like that. <laughs> he
0: is a hybrid. He probably has saliva. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And... I did reach out to Dr. Bob on this because I was really interested that he picked up on Jack flirting with Seven in the episode and all I could pick up with was Jack flirting with um Sydney, the Forge. So, um... That's all I could think of was that Jack is actually trying to get together with Sydney. The fours you kind of hear uh Geordie saying "Get away from my daughter." Uh, you have that little moment with him and uh, with him and Jack in the episode. Uh, don't think you have a chance there. Um, but
0: I just think he's a bit interesting. I think, I he's, think a, he's literally he's that flirty, charming man. He's back, Jean-Luc in his heyday. I yes. was
1: wondering whether you know that theory you had about they had. Picard's body and Daystrom because they took his DNA to create Jack did they also take some DNA from the ultra flirty uh, James <laughs> T. Kirk <laughs> he, he's a mix he of the, the two. He is the epitome
0: of, them. of all the ca- he. You got some Pike in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He is enterprise.
1: Who's that better, Kirk or Picard? Yeah. Jack Picard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a mix of both. Um, but I was, I was also saying maybe there's a bit of the reason why he's even more flirty than he would be is because he's just met his octogenarian. Uh, Dad, who's usually been single for uh, for most of his life, so maybe Jack's going. Oh my god, I don't want to turn into him. <laughs> so he's flirting with everything that walks.
0: Potentially, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But let's see who he flirts with next week on next mm-hmm. week's episode. Yes, we because if like he <laughs> might he might flirt with Raffy, Worf. Who knows? You never know. Some random doctor in the thing who turns out to be his mother.
1: <gasps> no.
0: But we'll see. We'll see. Thank you so much, everyone. First of all, thank you, Dr. Bob, for your feedback. And thank Mm -hmm. you so much for everyone for your feedback. And don't forget, if you like this and you want to hear your feedback on our podcast, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com. And you can even leave us a voicemail. We'll put your dulcet tones alongside ours on the podcast. Or you can just send us some feedback feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Thank -hmm. you everyone for joining us we hope you stay subscribed to this podcast and if you're enjoying what you hear why not share it with your friends because sharing the podcast is what
1: derek it is of course sharing the love great stuff yes thanks so much for joining us we'll be back next week with star trek card season three episode seven excitingly called dominion Mm. We'll also, of course, discuss your feedback on the show and give our next question in the 10 forward pub quiz. So make sure you join us next week. We have one more week as well in a galaxy far, far away with our final episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. So looking forward to that. A couple more weeks left of uh, Star Trek Picard, though. Uh, Stay with us.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, everyone. We will be back, as Derek said, next week. But for now... Keep trekking, keep trekking, keep trekking. Watch those stars. And I think it's a like star trekking across the universe boldly on the left. There's probably a sun and, you know, on the right is like the alpha quadrant. Then you got the delta. Just keep tracking, keep tracking. Bye bye for now, fellow trekkers.
1: Bye.